Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. Well, Happy New Year, guys. I'm excited to have you all back here in my home. And uh, today we're going to be beginning a message series for January called Coming Clean. Um, This has been something that... Um, as I was thinking about ending 2019 and moving into 2020, um, I didn't want to do the obligatory 2020 vision thing that like, it seems like every other church is doing. Um, but, uh, every year, you know, around new years, um, you know, we have a tendency as I think as human beings to mark, to mark occasions because it allows us to look back and take stock of, you know, where we've come and kind of evaluate and see how we are um, now. But then it allows us to make adjustments and look forward and try to, you know, set goals and things. And so the new year always, whether you're in a church or, you know, anywhere else, it's just, it's just what people do. In fact, yesterday, Heather and I were driving um, from in the North Hills, returning some things at stores, and we passed L.A. Fitness and the parking lot was as full as I think it will ever be all year long. Why? Because it's New Year's, right? It's the beginning of a year, and so many people have eaten too much and allowed themselves to get to a place where they don't want to be physically, and so they're you know, setting a resolution to change and to do something different. We do this every year, but I think it's, it's important, probably more important as a church, um, as a Christian, as followers of Jesus, to start the year with a spiritual focus. I think it's good to start with focuses and goals in your life and, and, and health and, and, and goals for your career and all those kinds of things. But really, the thing that's going to get the most bang for your buck, the thing that's going to make the most difference in your life is a spiritual focus. You know, I think all of us start the year with hopes, with dreams for what a new year could hold. Um, there may be opportunities ahead of us that... Maybe that we see coming, or maybe there are opportunities that we're not sure about yet, or maybe that we're completely unexpected, but that are going to come along our way. But at the same time, there will also be challenges. Some of us might have ended the year with challenges that we're currently facing. For some of us, we know there's a challenge about to come, and for some, there will be unexpected challenges. For some of us, the year 2019 ended with struggle. Um, For some of us, 2019, um, you know, was a struggle for us and we're in it right now. And for some looking ahead, we know that there are going to be struggles. And then again, there are things that will become hopes, dreams, opportunities, challenges, struggles. And what I want to do for myself, but I want to encourage all of us today, really what this message series is about is, is approaching with the right mindset. And I believe that, that the, that God at the center of our lives, God at the center of our decisions, God in the center of the hopes, in the dreams, the opportunities, the challenges, the struggles, is really the best place to be. And we've been invited to walk with him, but we've also been invited to eat at the table, right? We talk about that before, like that, that God's family, God's kingdom, part of what it means to be saved, right? The idea is, is you're invited to his table, to sit and eat at his table. And when we do, we experience his plan for our lives, his purpose for our lives, his best for our lives. And we can experience them through the hopes and through the dreams and the challenges and opportunities and struggles. But as I was thinking about it this week and the concept of the table and this series coming clean, what do we do before you eat at the table? 
Like, what do we tell our kids when they're young about the table? Hey, it's dinner time. What do we tell them to do? Anybody know it? What do we show? Wash your hands, right? Wash your hands. Clean up. We tell kids all the time, and whether you're an adult, maybe you don't do this quite as much because you try to keep your hands clean throughout the day, but but the idea is, is before you come to the dinner table and eat, we want you to clean up, wash your hands, make sure you're ready for dinner or for lunch or whatever you're eating. And we learned at a very early age that there are expectations around the table. We talk to our kids about what's polite, you know, things that are inappropriate at the dinner table. We want to make sure that you're cleaning your hands so that you're not making it dirty. You're respecting the food, but you're also not soiling it. You want to make sure that it's taken care of. And here's the thing is you can eat as much as you like at the table, but you also need to respect the place that you're at. And so likewise, we are invited to eat at God's table and experience his power, experience his protection, experience his presence in our lives and all those things that we talked about. But just like the dinner table, there's an expectation on us as well. And so this message series, Coming Clean, is a play on words. It's a, it's coming clean as though we're confessing something, but it's also the intentionality of coming into his presence with the right heart, with the right, um, with the right uh, state of mind, and even the, really the state of existence. And so our, um, I want to open our Bibles to Psalms chapter 24, which is the anchor verse for this entire message series for coming clean for the next three weeks. And we're going to explore what it means to come clean and what do we find in God's presence. And so the the writer of this psalm, Psalm 24, verse 3, asks this question, right? And we're going to be, this is like the anchor of this message. And it's this, Psalm 24, verse 3. He says, who may ascend to the mountain of the Lord? He's asking the question, like, who has the right to go to God's presence? Who may stand in his holy place? Let's pause there for a second. He's basically saying, like, and this is a question that a lot of people ask. Like a lot of people, a lot of people are feel guilty. Like, I don't, I can't pray. I can't, I can't, I can't go to church. If, if people knew who I am, if people knew what I've done, like I'm not worthy of that. There's even entire church organizations or institutions, not intentionally, but I'll make people feel guilty for their behaviors and their actions. Because of verses that, that, that God is so holy and, and so powerful that people feel like they have no business being in God's presence. And so the writer is asking, who is it that can sit at the table? Who is it that can ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Look what the next verse says. Verse 4 says, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart. The one who has not appealed to what is false and who has not sworn deceitfully. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who can go into God's presence? Who can stand in the presence of the Holy One? The one who's clean. The one who has clean hands. Who can sit at the dinner table? Wash your hands. Clean up before you come to the dinner table. And then it says, he, this person, that one who is clean with a clean heart, a clean hands and a pure heart, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who inquire of him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. So the writer here is going, I've figured out the secret. If I want to be close to God, which is the place where I'm going to find his presence, where the place where I'm going to find his power and his protection and all of these things, then I have to be clean. And so we see in Psalm 51, very famous verse, Psalm 51, verse 10, his response to this, God, 
Create a clean heart for me and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Like his prayer becomes, if, if, if I want to ascend the mountain of the Lord, if I want to stand in God's presence, which means that all the things that come with his presence are in my life, then I have to come with clean hands and a pure heart. So his next thing is, will God create in me that clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me? He continues, do not banish me from your presence. Don't kick me off the mountain or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of your salvation to me and sustain me by giving me a willing spirit. And so today's message is called the mountaintop. The mountaintop. What does it mean to be on the mountaintop and how do we get there? So we see this. What's on the mountaintop? There are three things that I think Psalm 24 talks about. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? We want to sit at the table. We want to experience God's best for our lives. We look ahead to 2020, all right? Our hopes that we have. Every one of us would say, if you wrote on a piece of paper some things you hope happen this year, or some dreams that you are believing for that you feel like you want to chase after this year, right? What are those things? What about your opportunities that you're looking for or opportunities that are in front of you right now? What about challenges that you want to get through, that you want to be successful in achieving and overcoming? What are some struggles that you want to beat this year? Things that, that hold you back, but you don't want to let them do that this year. Think about those things. And how can I ascend to the mountain of the Lord? How can I get into God's presence? And what am I going to find there? Well, here are the things that are promised to us in the presence of God. What's on the mountaintop? The first thing verse 5 tells us is blessing. Blessing. Look what it says. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. In verse 5, he will receive blessing from the Lord. This is a promise. So you always hear people say, like, I hold on to the promises of God. Right? So when you see a verse that says, do this and then this, that's a promise. So in this case, who can be in God's presence? Who can stand here? If you have a clean heart or clean hands and a pure heart, you can stand before the Lord. And in that space, you will receive blessing from the Lord. What does blessing mean? There's a lot of word, a lot of thought around the concept of blessing. When we talk about blessing, and biblically the concept of blessing is being in God's presence means there's a favor on your life, a favor in your circumstances. So we talked at the beginning about like your hopes, your dreams your opportunities, your challenges, your struggles. What does it mean to be blessed in those circumstances? What does it mean to have God's favor in those circumstances? It means that for your hopes, that God will, will work on your behalf to bring the things that you hope to be. Or he will give you new hope. He will give you hope when you feel like as though you have none. That's favor. That's blessing in your life. When you have dreams, he will put dreams inside of you. He will begin to put pieces in place to walk you through closer towards your dream, to achieve that dream. When you have opportunities, he will open doors for you for opportunities. He will bring opportunities around. He will push you towards opportunities. He will give you the ability to achieve an opportunity. He will give you favor when someone else tries to step in front of your opportunity. There are opportunities for you, but his blessing means that he will go before you, around you. He goes in front of you. For your challenges, for your challenges, being blessed means that even though you're in a challenge, that you are not alone. It means that when you have a challenge in your life, 
that you will have strength. That means you have grace to go through it. That's a blessing. Oftentimes we think that I'm in a challenge, I'm not blessed. That's not the case. The case is that you have God with you. His presence gives you strength in that. That is blessing. Through your struggles, that you are not alone, he gives you comfort. He tells you that you are his and that you are not a failure. And even though you struggle, that you are not a struggling person. He tells you these things. That is what it means to have blessing on your life. It could be he blesses your finances. He can bless your relationships. He can bless your, your thought life. He can bless your job life. He can bless your, your home life. He can bless those things. His favor is found in those things. It's a promise. You will be blessed in his presence. That's not a wishful thinking. It's not a prosperity gospel. It is a promise of God, that he will be with you, and when he is with you, all the things that go along with that are yours. What's on the mountaintop? Blessing and favor. The second thing, not just blessing, but what's on the mountaintop is also belonging. Verse 5 also says, so it says, he will receive blessing, the one who can ascend the mountain, the one who can stand in the holy place, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart. Not only will he receive blessing from the Lord, he will receive righteousness from the God of his salvation. Belonging. Belonging means that you are welcomed into his family, the God of his salvation, righteousness. You have been turned into a new person. You have been welcomed into his family. You have been adopted. And that means the things that you used to be, the things that you used to be known by. Some of us grew up in homes where you were called things, or maybe you were bullied in school, you know, or you've gone through uh, through your job and people have, have talked down to you. They've said things to you that have lasted in your life and they've marked you or they've scarred you to believe things about yourself. Or you've begun to believe things about yourself because of your failures or your mistakes or the consequences that you live with. But the reality is, is that when we are adopted by God through Jesus Christ, we are a member of his family. We are a new creation. He is the God of our salvation. We are now his. And because of that, we have his protection and we have his authority in our lives. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. It's funny, it's not like a tagline, right? Praying in Jesus' name is like walking into, like in those, in those um, you ever like watch movies where the king sends a letter to somewhere and then there's a signet on it, right? His, his, his uh, picture that, this, that it signifies his house or his authority. That essentially says, what I carry, this letter, even though I'm just little dude, messenger, what I carry is a message with authority and you will do what I say because of this letter, because of this authority on it. That is what it means for us as followers of Jesus Christ. Because we are a part of his family, we've been adopted, we are sons. And not only that, we're not just kids, we are co-heirs. That's what it says in the New Testament. We are co-heirs with Christ. We sit with him. Not like, Yes, we're below him, we're at his feet, but he actually welcomes us to sit next to him. We are with him as a co-heir. And what that means is that we've got like his ring on our finger, right? We're walking with his patch on our shoulder. So when we go into a circumstance, right, no one will touch us. Like they see that, oh, I'm not attacking that guy because he's a messenger of the king, right? Or because I go in and I say, this must be done, they see that, they must do it. That's what it means to have belonging. Like if we could just live our lives that way, right? Like that we believed and knew that that was real. If every circumstance that we faced this year, if every opportunity that came up, instead of our first reaction be, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I'm, if I'm good enough. I don't know if my grades are good enough. 
I don't know if I've done enough to get that promotion. I don't know that I can save that kind of money. I don't know that I can move to this place. I don't know that I can buy this thing or this house. I don't know that I'm going to be able to get that job. I don't know that I'm going to be able to commit to this relationship. I don't know that I'm going to be a good parent. Whatever it might be, instead of thinking that, say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is impossible with man. But with God, all things are possible, right? So belonging on the mountaintop. Who may ascend to the mountaintop of the Lord? Who may stand in his presence? Who can be in God's ta- at God's table and eat with him? The one who has clean hands. The one who has a pure heart. When we get on the mountaintop, we find his blessing. We also find belonging. Who we are changes everything if we see that. We walk into our circumstances knowing who we are, the protection and the authority because we are God's children. And third, the blessing comes, the belonging comes, and this one is something that I think somebody in this room needs, is breakthrough. Breakthrough. Verse 6 says it. So let's recap again. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. Verse 5, he will receive blessing. He will receive belonging. In verse 6, such is the generation of those who inquire of him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. So verse 5 says righteousness, right? The generation of those who inquire, who seek the face of the God of Jacob, we find breakthrough, we find transformation. We become different people when we're in God's presence. If you're struggling with something, if there's something that you feel beat up by, there's something you can't get past. If you feel like you're in a rut, you feel like you're in a in the depths and you just can't pull yourself up and there's no amount of pulling yourself up by the bootstrap that's going to help you, getting into God's presence and his supernatural power, his strength on your life is a promise that you will be transformed. Breakthrough happens. Again, what did Jesus say? With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. If there is something in your life that you need breakthrough for, if there is a, a hope that you can't see, if there's a dream that you seems so far away, if there is an opportunity but you don't know how to get to it, if there is a if there is a, a challenge that you cannot figure out how to overcome, if there is a struggle that you cannot break, getting into the presence of God, his righteousness will be with you. The breakthrough will come. So on the mountaintop, we see these things, blessing and belonging and breakthrough. So then the question really comes, and this is where we'll finish our message today, is what is the path to the top? This should be pretty obvious by now because we've kind of read this verse over and over again. But we see it, right? How do we get to the mountaintop? We know what's up there. We want to live our lives all year long. I want to live my life every day of my life under God's blessing. I want his favor to permeate everything that I do. I want God's belonging, his protection and his authority to be a reminder to me in every day of my life. When I'm at work, when I'm on the bus, when I'm thinking about what God wants next for me or for our church, when I want God to be protecting me, I want to be aware that He is his authority is in my life so when things come up against me, I can push back or I know the right perspective and I want to be transformed. I don't want to be the same guy. There are things that I did in the last year, things that I look back and I go, I wish I hadn't done that. I want more for myself. I want. I know God wants more for me. I started this message series by talking about, by saying, like, we want God's best. We want his plan, his purpose for our lives. You know, all of those things. 
I want them. And we find that at his table, right? We find that at his table. We find that in his presence. But the path to get there says this, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart. Clean hands. What does it mean to have clean hands and a pure heart? And then at the end of verse, of in Psalm 51, he says, sustain me by giving me a willing spirit. I think these are the three keys. What's the path to the top of the mountain? Clean hands, pure heart, willing spirit. I think a clean hands are the things that I do, the things that we do. And this is hard. This is a really hard challenge, I think, for, for me personally, maybe for all of us. But as we were singing that song, that one that song we sang this morning that said, you provide the fire, I'll provide the sacrifice. As I was singing that, I felt like in that moment, I felt, I don't know, almost like, um, I would say guilt, but it was like a, a dissonance of, but am I really, am I really willing to provide the sacrifice? You know, I know what I'm teaching about today. And I know that there are things that if I'm willing to put the spotlight on my life, that there are things that are holding me back. Things that maybe are keeping me un, you know, clean or not as clean as I want to be or should be. You know, my clean hands. What are the things that I do? The things that I participate in, that I have allowed to be compromised, that I have allowed to be things that maybe aren't even inherently bad, but are bad for me, or are or are things that are um, distracting to me. You know, what are those things? And that, this is not a message about you know doom and gloom and, and and sin. Although I think sin is important to to is I mean probably more than ever in this this particular message to to say like if there is sin in our lives we need to address it clean hands right what did what did the psalmist say in Psalm fifty one create a clean heart we could easily insert insert clean hands he wrote this I believe this particular psalm I think it was from David after he had had adult an adulterous affair with Bathsheba and then murdered a man to cover it up so he's like repenting and he's saying create a clean heart in me. So clean hands. Clean hands. What are the things in our lives? And I, it's going to be different for each of us. You know, the, the, the things that we always talk about, right? The shows that we watch or the music that we listen to or the places that we go and the people that we hang out with or the books that we read, the magazines that influences, the news that we focus on, um, the podcasts that we listen to. I'm not just saying media. It could be the way we spend our time, you know, um, the priorities in our lives, the way we spend our money. Like all of these things have whether our, our hands are clean or not. What about a pure heart? I think that's where it takes it to another level. You know, some of the things that we just get our hands dirty and you can wash them, but other things I think really matter to our heart. They matter in our soul, in the depths of it, the things that we believe. You know, our outlook on life, um, the things that we're holding on to that we will not allow, allow God to have access to. I mean, if we're honest, I think all of us have spaces to where we're like, God, I love you and I want you to have all of me. But secretly, there's like 5% of me that's still like locked away in a, in a safe somewhere, you know, pure heart. But I, I think the most, maybe the most important one is what it says at the end of Psalm 51.12. I want to read it again. God, create a clean heart for me and renew a steadfast spirit with me. 
Do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of your salvation and, here it is, sustain me by giving me a willing spirit. I think David knew here that like he can say this prayer. He can start the new year on the mountaintop. Right? He can, he can get into God's presence. He can experience his power. He can clean his hands. He can come to him in a, with a pure heart. But in order to live that way, he's got to have a willing spirit to do it over and over and over again. And when he's wrong, he goes back to the table and he cleans up. When he makes a mistake, when he forgets to come back to the table, when he forgets to, to go to God first, when the challenges come and you try to take it on your own and, and then you get beaten down or life, you know, and you get distracted and all those things, a willingness to say, enough, I'm going back to my father. A willingness to, to look at the things that we have not faced for years. A willingness to, to, to say no to the things that we like but are not good for us. A willingness to listen to God, a willingness to listen to the voice of those we respect, the willingness to hear the authority of those in our lives. A willing spirit, clean hands, the path to the top, the path to God's presence is clean hands, the things that we do, a pure heart, the things that we think about that really get into our soul, and a willing spirit. And so the big idea of today's message, coming clean on the mountaintop, is the path to God's presence begins with purity. The path to God's presence begins with purity. If we want God's best for our lives this year, right? I want God to be in my hopes. I want him to to take control of my hopes. If I want God to be in my dreams, I want him to bring the dreams to to life. I want him to, 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 to achieve the dreams that he's given me. I want that. If I want him to be present in my opportunities and to achieve them, if I want to overcome the challenges and if I want to... To, to break through the struggles that have held me back, I have to begin with purity. And so this series is all about that. The next week we're going to talk about what it means to face the things that hold us back. And then the last week is going to be coming into his presence, like coming set apart. The path to God's presence begins with purity. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.